0: Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope and that Christ in His goodness is meeting your every need. All right, so Psalm 91.1 says that he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of his wings. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest or will abide in the shadow of his wings or will abide in the shadow of the almighty and and i believe that this is where the lord would have us because i believe the whole point of the christian life is to abide with the lord that's the whole point now you're like well what about going to heaven going to heaven is what going to heaven was almost like it was his plan b i'll prove it here in a second the whole point of the Christian life is to abide with the Father, to walk with God. That's why He made us for communion and fellowship with Him. And so, so He who abides, abiding again, as a result of dwelling, dwell means to sit and to remain. That's when we when we pause. When we pause in the presence, when we say a lot, we are sitting, we're remaining. And then that opens the door for an invitation into a lifestyle of abiding. And again, abiding, I told you it translates as it's building a dwelling. It actually means to spend the night. And you're not going to ask a stranger to spend the night, right? You're going to ask someone that you're close friends with, someone you're intimate with. You're going to ask them to do that with. And so that's what the Lord is inviting his church to. Abide means life union as well. And so it's not a one-night stand with the Lord. It's a lifetime of union and communion and fellowship with God. Hmm. So, again, walking with God or abiding with God was his original intention. What do I mean by that? I mean, that's why he made us. That's why he made us, to have relationship and fellowship with him, (laughs) It's, it's God did not, again, he didn't create us so that one day we could just die and go to heaven and spend eternity with him. Now think about this. this I, like, like, I, I think logic, sometimes logic is a really good thing. If, if logically speaking, if, if the Lord wanted us to just go straight to heaven, the moment we prayed the prayer to go to heaven, he would rapture us right to heaven. But he didn't desire that. He desired for us to be so filled with him, to walk in communion with him that we become transformed into his likeness, right? We're transformed from glory to glory, that we're image bearers, Genesis chapter one, and that we shine forth his image on the planet Earth. That's what he wants us to do, all right. So, Jen, I'm, now I'm gonna walk through several passages today, and, and I want to, I say walk through, it's funny. I, I'm, it's funny to me. I'm going to share several passages of men that it literally says they walked with God. Because I think if we look at those who walked with God, and when I say walked with God, I think you could say those that abided with God as well, because I really, it's not the same word, but it really does mean the same thing, because the fruit's the same out of these things. And I believe there's something to glean from that we can say, you know what, I really can walk with God. Now, now, again, walking with him was his original plan for mankind, or that was part of his original plan. That's Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Look at this. I'm going to spend most of our time in in Genesis today. We're just going to walk through it. Genesis 3, 8 says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They heard the sound. Could you imagine... they're in the garden and they heard the sound of God walking. I just think that's a beautiful picture. By the way, it it says when they heard the sound of the Lord walking, walking literally does mean walking, but in the garden, the garden of Eden. Garden means the garden of luxuries. Maybe I'm more impressed with that than you guys are. (laughs) They were placed in the garden of luxuries for what purpose? To walk with God. They were walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Cool means cool. It means the breath, the wind. It's actually ruach, which is the Old Testament word for spirit. And so they were walking in the spirit of the Lord during the day. That's like mind-boggling to me. I don't fully understand it. But I believe, again, this is what the Lord desires to do. He desires to walk with man. Like, like when, we, when we come here, this is not the only time we spend with the Lord. Right. I spend my week with the Lord, and then when I come here, among a company of people that have spent their week with the Lord, it's just something begins to erupt within us, right? And, and so, and, and I'm not saying this to be mean. Like, I really felt, I've said this before, I want to add to it. I've said that I can tell when we're here in our prayer time, if we've spent time in prayer during the week. Because when we have, it's easier to get into it, if that makes sense. But I, I actually also think this, uh, uh, I, I, well, I think that if we fellowship throughout the week, I can tell that as well, because again, that makes it it's easier to get into prayer time and things like that, because it's not that we don't think one another's important, we just think he's more important than talking about what we had for lunch yesterday. We can talk about that later. <laughs> and so I believe this is what the Lord wants to do. He wants to walk with man. And, and, and I know it doesn't sound all that complicated because we're like, well, following God's complicated. Well, it's really not. It's, we follow God. <laughs> I mean, we, we make things harder than it should be. Like one plus one actually does equal two. Right. We don't need new math when it comes to following the Lord, Right? I don't even know what new math is. Ethan started to started bring that stuff home from school, and I'm like, I, I don't have a clue what that stuff is. I don't know how they got to that answer. I just thought one plus one is two, or two times two is four, right? I didn't know, need to know how many whatevers that is. But anyway, we, we complicate things, and the Lord, I, I believe that it really is as simple as beginning just a commune and fellowship with him. And now, here's something. I I, I was praying about this this past week, and you can take this for whatever it's worth or you can take this and just pray about it and see if if it bears witness to you. Why did the Lord come in the cool of the day? I believe this, because he actually cared about Adam and Eve's comfort. (laughs) The God of the universe, the one that said, let there be, and it was, and it was good, right? Right? said, I'm going to walk in the cool of the day because it's going to be a little bit easier on the ones that I created to have fellowship with me. That's mind-boggling to me. He cares so much about mankind that he says, I want to make it a little bit more comfortable for them. What would it look like if we begin to walk with God and we begin to cater to his every whim and beckon, if you will, and then he started to minister to our own hearts because he desires us to minister to him and he actually ministers to us. It's just this amazing, amazing thing. All right, so... So here's a few things you can learn right here. I believe we can learn. If we begin to walk with God, we get trusted with more. Common sense. Except for it's really not common sense. It's I say this too, and, and, and like, we're, we're not a big church. We're a growing church. We're a growing church. But... I've been fortunate enough to be placed in situations where I help train up and mentor and coach young pastors, and it never seems to, ceases to amaze me that, that their dream, every one of them is called the pastor, a great big church that you see on TV. <laughs> I think we got to check motive sometimes, but and that very well may be the case, but what they don't see, or let me say this, if we have a re- Bibleist or an evangelist come in, like in, in, at the end of April, uh, Dr. Rob McCorkle's coming, and if you see him, and he's wound like a top most of the time, right? Those that know him, and, and he's very anointed, very gifted, and, and the, the propensity for people is to see them operating under an anointing or operating with passion and, and unction in front of people. And they think, well, I want to go do that. And so they come up here, and whether they're a pre- teacher, preacher, whatever, and they, get, and they mimic it, and they get really fired up and, and all this other stuff, but they don't see the countless hours alone with the Lord that's right. in the Word they are on their knees. Come on. And they don't see the walking with the Lord. And so an Abel, and I'm not saying you climb the ladder, because I think that's the most disgusting thought in the church world anyway. But I believe that we have a responsibility to do, to to use what God has given us to the best of our ability, prayerfully, obviously, but to use what the Lord's given us to the best of our ability so that he takes it and so that he actually brings increase and multiplication to it. And so that's, that's really what I felt like we've just kind of done this last two and a half years is, is we had this little flame and we've just been tending it, tending it and 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 then tending it some more when it was really good, when it was really hard, when it was awkward, when sound equipment went screwy and didn't work quite right the way we want, you know, like, like we, we still just do the best we can. We move on and it doesn't ruin our day, right? And, and because of that, the Lord begins to trust us with more. It's really fascinating to me. So, so I mean, it was, I think it was July when we leased the space back here. I think it was July. And, like, we had less people then and less money <laughs> and, to a degree. And, and, and we're like, well, let's go ahead and lease it. Well, we can't afford it. Well, we still believe God told us to do that. And then we're like, well, let's hold off remodeling the thing. <laughs> that was a brilliant idea. but was a Let's hold off remodeling thing till Crestwood sells out in Norton County. And the Lord's like, no, nah, that's okay. <laughs> we want we want you to take what little you have and pray and trust me to stretch it even further." And it's been like it like like this sounds so silly to me or like saying this out loud and like like, I think every single day we've been over there, or back there, we've witnessed the hand of the Lord moving. Like, even in things as little as this, like cans of paint going twice as far as they should. Now, that may not be a big deal, or it may not sound like a big deal, but it really is. And so, it's because, I believe it's because we're just trying to, just Lord, we want to do the best we can with what you've given us, and he, he provides you provide. I, I was thinking about this the other day, Jeremy. When uh, I'll be honest, I had plywood all over the walls, and I had a head, it was going to look amazing, and it was pretty ugly, wasn't it? <laughs> April came in. April came in. I was excited to show her, and, and Jeremy and John's taking bets on what she's going to say. <laughs> and, and, and she came in and looked and said, That's nice. <laughs> Now, what's cool is the very next day, Jeremy takes me his picture, and I didn't understand his text, and he's like, by the way, you want these three pallets full of wood? And I'm thinking three pallets. And I didn't understand. They were like skids. And I'm like, yeah, dude, we'll take three pallets, so we'll use it somewhere, is what I thought. And then, and so the very next day, we get like five skids load of wood from Louisville Slugger to be able to cover up all the holes in the wall. But I think it's just the Lord... Taking what little we have, and when we trust him with it, he so he begins to trust you with more if you walk with him. All right, all right. So let's get to some scripture. Genesis 126 says this. Then God said to us, "Let us make man in our own image, and to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth." God created man in His own image, the image of God. He created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So the Lord made us in his image and said, Here's the planet. <laughs> you deal with it. <laughs> and he said, Here's the planet. You, try you, you steward it. You till the land. The, the, the garden, it was, there was a hedge and, and, and our job was to expand the borders of the Garden of Eden, if you will. That was the original great commission to expand God's kingdom. And he repeats essentially the same thing in Matthew 28. Now look at Genesis 2.20. It says, The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a suitable helper, suitable helper for him. So, So here's this man, Adam, created in God's image. And God says, I want you to rule and reign over the planet. And I want you to rule and reign over the planet. Every animal I've created, you name. That's an awful lot of trust. I mean, seriously, like, how how do you go? Zebra. (laughs) Pelican. (laughs) You know? Aardvark. (laughs) I know <laughs> like, like how, how, do you, how do you do that duck-billed platypus like, like how, do you, how, how, how do you come up with that it takes a lot of trust <laughs> it takes a whole lot of trust and this is what they were given <clears throat> and they were walking with the Lord because we just read that in three 3.8 3, or 3.6 we just read they were walking with the Lord the only condition was not to eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because the Lord said, then you shall surely die. Now, fun, I think this is funny to me, but it's like, so they, so they messed up. They sinned. By the way, we, a lot of people blame Eve. Eve was deceived. Adam knowingly transgressed. <laughs> That's frightening, by the way. But anyway, so, so they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, And they're like, instead of saying we're going to die, you know what they say? We're naked. (laughs) We need to cover up. (laughs) We we need to make a a, a fig leaf bathing suit. I mean, that would be like the least of my concerns while that's going on. I'm going to die. I need to put on some clothes. No, I'm just afraid I'm going to die. This shows you how stupid man can be sometimes. I say that, and I I know some people don't like that word, but it shows you how stupid man can be when you're not operating and walking in the presence of the Lord. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) it's it's just silly to me. It's just silly. (laughs) So the Lord trusts to name all the animals on the planet, and I actually, like, I'm not going to get in politics here, but I'm just going to say this. Taking care of the planet isn't just a Democrat thing. And if you're a Republican, we still have the responsibility to take care of the planet, all right? whether No matter what we think, sorry, but it's just the truth. Ooh, that kinda, I felt some pushback there. <laughs> I believe this happened because they walked with God. And, and if they begin to walk with the Lord, I'm sorry, if we begin to walk with God and if we begin to abide with Him, He'll trust us with more territory and more responsibility. And, and I, I, for one, would like the Lord to trust us with more territory. And I, for one, would like the Lord to trust us with more fruit and more souls and more people. And it's not because, I, 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 it's not because I'm going to grow a big church. It's because there's a lot of people that need to know Jesus, right? There's a city that needs transformed, not a church that needs grown. Right. And so we're saying, Lord, whatever you need to do, like, Lord, help us to walk with you more humbly so you can give us more territory. It's like, Lord, like more territory is very tangible, Oh, we just added 4,000 square feet. Yeah, that's more territory, right? He trusts us. He's starting to. All right. Point number two. (laughs) I will pass preaching class today. (laughs) If we walk with God, we'll actually begin to give birth to sons and daughters. Let me say, let's use another word. If we walk with God, we'll actually begin to give birth to disciples who make disciples. Okay? All right. Look at Genesis chapter 5. This is, I love this one. All right. Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. Then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah. And he had other sons and daughters, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, verse 24. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So here's a man in the old covenant that walked so closely with the Lord that he did not experience death. That the Lord just went, took him up, whoop, raptured him, translated him, is what the King James says. Like, you would have to really be walking in close fellowship with the Lord for that to happen. And I think that's absolutely incredible. And as incredible as that is, and I've heard Enoch reference hundreds of times over the last decade uh, and, and other services I've been in, And they always talk about him being taken up because he walked with God, because he walked with God, because he walked with God. And I think, hallelujah, that's absolutely amazing, right? That's absolutely amazing. But here's what I think, where I think his legacy is. That's just a few verses before. It says this. It says, "He he lived for 65 years and he became the father of Methuselah. Methuselah, is the oldest, longest living person recorded in the Bible. He lived 969 years. That's a really long time. Now, here's what Methuselah's name means. Man of Selah. Man of pausing in the presence of God. That's what his name means. So here's a father, Enoch, that walks so closely with God that he actually gave birth to a son, that a son was known as the one that just paused in the presence of the Lord. Like, I, I think that's like a prophetic picture of what the Lord wants to do with this house. I think that's a picture of what the Lord wants to do with us. We now, now you're like, well, I'm, I'm done having kids. <laughs> that shit's done sell, buddy, right? Well. You can help give birth to spiritual sons and daughters that the most important thing that they believe that they have to do in their life is to behold the beauty of the Lord, to pause in His presence, to say, I don't come to church because it's something I click off, check off my list. I come here because there's a family that I get to spend my life with, and when I go home, I can't wait to get alone with God. I can't wait to wake up in the morning so I can spend time with Him. I can't wait to get on my knees, and when the Holy Spirit comes rolling in my my living room at 4.55 in the afternoon, I'm going to stop what I'm doing, I'm going to hit my knees, and I'm going to pause and just say, I know you're here. I'm gonna When I'm driving down the interstate then he floods my car, I'm going to pull over to the side of the road and let the hot tears stream down my face and say, thank you that you are visiting me right now. I'm going to stop what I'm doing when I'm working over on the other side of the building, right? I'm going to walk away because the Lord came into the room. I'm going to walk away, if you will, and just say, I just acknowledge that you're here. Even though no one else may sense you right now, I sure sense you right now. I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to learn to pause in your presence and I just think it would be really amazing if we could learn to walk with God if we could learn to abide with God to such a degree that we begin to give birth to spiritual sons and daughters that all they did and all they were concerned with was pausing in his presence like well what about reaching people what about doing this what about doing that what about doing the other I'm telling you it's illegal to try and reach someone with the gospel if you're not first filled with the gospel and it's illegal to try and minister to someone if you haven't allowed the Lord to transform your heart. And and, and and like I just want that to be what we're known for, not the church that has wood all over the place, not the church where we have great worship, right? Not the church where we meet a few hours on Sundays. But I want to be known as the church that raises up people that just says, I'm going to obsess over the presence of the living God. I'm going to say He is good. It's, it's not something formulaic, and He's not something that we can try and figure out and manipulate because he's a person. But when he shows up, and again, he's all places, all times. But when the tangible, waiting, manifest presence of God comes in, we stop what we're doing. We learn to wait on the Lord and do what he wants us to do. That's what God is calling us to do. So I want to be a company that raises up Methuselah's, if you will. You know what's amazing? Methuselah also translates as this, man of the javelin. You know, I think that's a picture of. I think that's a picture of this. Of here's this man that has learned to pause in the presence of God. But because when you learn to pause in the presence of the God of God, not the God, but of God, <coughs> you become a javelin in the hands of the Lord that's so good. that strikes the enemy down. How do you fight the enemy? It's not by I stop it. It's not doing that, man. It's, Come on. I worship you, Jesus. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I think there's a time for, for this. I think there's a time for this. But I would re- much rather get good at this than just wanting to fight. Yeah. i tell you, it changed the world. It changed the world. i <laughs> probably spend an hour on each one of these. I won't today. Look at Genesis 6, 9. Genesis 6, 9. When we walk with God, God begins to trust us to repopulate the earth. These are the records of the generations of Noah... Noah was a righteous man and blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. I love that. He was righteous, he was blameless, and he walked with God. God used Noah. I mean, we, we've talked about Noah a lot here, but I mean, imagine this Noah. Yes, Lord. I need you to build me an ark. Okay. What's an ark? It's a boat. What's a boat? (laughs) Well, something that floats on water, okay? By living in a desert. What's going to rain? (laughs) What's rain? (laughs) It had never rained in the history of the world that time because at that time it said mists came up and watered the planet. (laughs) So the Lord trusts him to do something that, let's be honest, he probably would have looked... Plum, ridiculous. What are you doing, Noah? I'm building God an ark. (laughs) What in the world's an ark? What's a boat? What's a boat? What's something that floats on water? Well, we're in a desert. Well, it's going to rain. Well, what's rain? I mean, he would have looked really dumb. (laughs) And he did it anyway. I think sometimes when the Lord asks us to do stuff, like you really do have the ability to look pretty dumb before your peers. (laughs) My goodness. And so he says that he was righteous and blameless and he walked with the Lord. And so the Lord sends the flood. And we always concentrate on, on the fact that the Lord destroyed the planet. We're destroyed. We, we say this, by the way. Actually, he destroys the planet, but we think in negative sense. But it was almost like the Lord just said, it's time to hit the reset button. And he used eight people in an ark to repopulate the entire planet. And what were those eight people supposed to do? They were supposed to be eight people that walked with God, that were righteous and blameless and walked with Him all the days of His life. That's what the Lord was doing. What would it look like if a church got so filled with His Spirit that we begin to walk with Him all the time that we begin to transform an, an entire city with a bunch of people that really, re- essentially, we're not talking about wiping out the population, although the Lord, He comes and He, people die, and then they come back, right, Galatians 2.20, but they get raised up again with him, and it begins to repopulate the city with people that love Jesus. That's what the Lord is calling people to do. And so when, when he, he asks us to do it, and, and and so we're not here just to keep meeting until we the day we die, and, and I get to perform a funeral over you. Right. Like, that's not the point. The point is to transform the area where you're at. Not us, but him through us. It says, Noah built an ark. And, and I mentioned this a, month, a few months ago. It says, Noah built an ark, which I think that's an acronym for Apostolic Revival Koinonia, but, which really what we're doing. But anyway, they were trusted to repopulate the planet. And I love this. The Lord gave very specific instructions on how to build the ark. He said, I want you to build the ark. And he said, this is, here's, here's your blueprint for it. And the ark was a, it was 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. It, it was big, okay? It was big. And it was very specific on how to build it. And then, after he gets them on the ark, in Genesis chapter 9, he gives them his commandment. He says, he blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Like, how do I be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth? (laughs) Right? You give me very specific plans on how to build the ark, but how do I be fruitful and multiply? Now, how many understand, you can't choreograph intimacy. Two of you, that's cool. (laughs) I'm seriously... I think the Lord said so just be fruitful and multiply because when it comes to intimacy, there is no blueprint. It's, she just follow the ebbs and the flows. <coughs> you know, if I do something nice for my wife, I, I'm, I, I don't put in my calendar. I, I'm terrible about, terrible about filling out my calendar, but I do not put in my calendar. It's Tuesday. It's time to bring her home something nice like flowers or candy or something that she likes. Like, I don't do that. It's like I woke up and I'm like, I believe I need to do something nice for her today. Like that's, that's, that's what being fruitful and multiplying is. It's this just flowing in the Holy Spirit and doing what the Lord asks you to do. And, and the Lord is looking for a church that says, I'm not going to be formulaic on how I'm fruitful and multiplying. I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z because I know it gets this. Or I'm not going to do point one and point two because it always equals point three. No, we're gonna to learn to wait on the Lord to walk with Him and trust Him to bring the increase. Right? That's what we're trying to do. That's what that's what we believe that we are called to do. We don't want to manipulate anything. We, want to, we don't become formulaic. We have structure. We have things set in place. But when He blows through, we're gonna just follow Him. That's right. All right. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys weren't awake. And this is just really the invitation. This is the invitation. It's this, the invitation is to essentially an unchoreographed dance with the Lord. It's almost as if, like, we never had a daughter, but I know on movies when daddies dance with their daughters, the little girls put feet on daddy's feet and wherever he goes she goes right? What would it look like if the church just said that since we're his bride we'll just put our feet on his feet and hold on to him and whichever way he leads that's the way we're going to go. That's the invitation. The invitation is to follow him to walk with him all the days of my life, all the days of your life. It's not just like, you've heard me say this so many times, I don't want us to lose the intention of it. It's not about praying a prayer to just go to heaven, which is a wonderful thing. It's going to be amazing. But we can experience heaven on earth or Jesus would not have told us to pray that. It would have been cruel for him to say, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if it were not at all possible. It would have been a cruel thing, and He's not a cruel God. Right. It, would have, it would have been like, been like you promised on your kids something, and they did that very thing, and you go, oh, no, you know. <laughs> it's now sometimes we do stuff like that. It's like my favorite, my favorite dad joke is when I get in the car and I see Ethan, are you hungry? And he says yes, and I'm really like, good, we'll eat tomorrow. Like, like the Lord's not like that. It's the best dad joke. Our invitation is to walk with him. And and I love this because look here, look here. This is the last story we'll look at. It's Genesis 17. Genesis 17, I'll read the first two verses and I may read a few bit after that. Genesis 17, verses one and two. Let me get here a second. Now, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me blameless. Walk before me and be blameless. So here's these three other men. Here's Adam and Eve, that the Lord walked with them in the cool of the day, which was a daily routine. Here's Enoch that walked with God and was no more, that actually he gave birth to his son that paused in the presence of God. Here's Noah that said that he walked with God and he was blameless and was trusted to essentially repopulate the planet. And you get a little later on, and here's Abram. He wasn't Abraham yet. Here's Abram, and the Lord says, would you walk before me? Like it's not even us saying, let us walk with you. It's the Lord saying, would you walk before me? Would you walk with me? And would you be blameless? Now again, this is Old Covenant. So this is before the blood of Jesus made him righteous. And here's a man that said, yeah, I'll do it. I'll walk with you and I will walk in a righteous and holy life. And by your help, I believe that I can do it. See, that's that's what the Lord's asking us to do. I don't believe the Lord... Like, I don't believe the Lord wants a church that's full of sin. I don't believe the Lord wants a church where we try to compromise yep. Come on. and we water things down to, to appeal to masses. That's not what He's calling people to do. It'd be really easy to do that as well. It, it'd be, I mean, like seriously, like we could we could we could make a few compromises and then you'd be edgy and trendy and all this stuff, and that's not what the Lord wants because then you're just sending people on a fast track to hell, and that's crazy. But he says, I love this. He says, walk with me and be blameless. Then verse two, he gives us amazing promise. He says, I'll establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And I love his response. It says, Abram fell on his face and talked with him. And this is what the Lord, this is what he said. He said, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you. You'll no longer be a father of of a multitude of nations. I'm sorry. And you will be a father of a multitude of nations. I'm sorry. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I've made you a father of a multitude of nations. And in verse 6, it says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come forth from you. (coughs) So here's this beautiful picture of the Lord looking for a man. Let's say this. Here's this picture of the Lord looking for a church. It says, I want you to walk before me, and I want you to walk in righteousness, which is right standing with God. I want you to walk in righteousness, and and if you do that, I'm going to walk in covenant with you. I'm not gonna break my promise. Like covenant, it's binding. I'm not gonna break my promise. If you choose to walk with me, I won't break my promise. And then I'm gonna multiply you. I'm gonna let you be a father of many nations. And and I'm gonna bless you exceedingly, and you're gonna bear all kinds of fruit. I mean, why wouldn't we want that? Why would we not want that? Like, I I want, I I don't like seriously, like I don't wanna just come and 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 not make a difference. That's right, come on, right? I want coming on. I want, I want to see the Lord change our city. I want to see the Lord change the face of the globe, and and just what would it look like if we just said, Lord, we're going to walk blameless before you, and we're going to walk in covenant with you, and we're going to trust that you're going to bring increase in, in this little company of people. What if it begin to transform the planet? Like some of you look at me like I have a third eyeball right here. But seriously, what would it look like if, if, if people came and they experienced the glory of God and they went right back out to where they were and they changed where they were or they changed the place of where they were? Why? And, and it, was, it all stemmed back from right here. Jesus help. I'd propose that if we want our lives to count and And if we want to have generational legacy, we must learn to walk with him. We must learn to abide, and it's really the only thing that matters. I love this, by the way. It says, I'll make you exceedingly fruitful. Exceedingly means abundantly. It means, like, extra fruitful. It actually means with great strength, I'm going to make you. Which means that basically anything you put your hand to, the Lord's going to bless it. That makes people nervous, but it's just the Bible. So the question is: Will we really walk with Him? And I'm like, I'm not trying to give an altar call to come to Jesus right now. Like, I think y'all have given your life to Jesus. Okay, I'm saying: Will we really walk with Him? Like, like it's, 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 it's. I, I just don't want. I just don't. I've spent too much of my Christian life thinking it was okay that I gave my life to him, which is a wonderful thing. That's what I'm called to do, what, what he wants of everyone. But I've spent so much of my life thinking that's all he really wanted from me when really he didn't want my confession. He wanted my confession, but he wanted my whole life. He wanted my whole life. He doesn't want me to just come and just sit in a seat every week and, hallelujah, or whatever, you know, and, and, and roll on the floor and cry and hoot and holler, and, and those things are wonderful, but he wants my life. And he wants me to walk with him. Like, what a glorious picture of the living God saying, I want you to walk with me. Like, like, like I'm, I'm not walking and, like, he's there, I get it. But it's a picture of him, like, right here. And it's not like, What do you want me to do? Right? (laughs) What should I do today? What do I do in this major life decision? I don't have a clue. I'm so confused. I'm so overwhelmed. What would you really have me do? You really didn't mean that, did you? <laughs> okay. What if we lived our life like that? You may not be walking down the street talking to the Lord. You may look a little crazy, and that's okay. But I believe that's what He's asked His people to do. And I think we change the planet. Like, 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 this isn't the fiery, like, ah, message. But this is more revival than probably anything we've ever talked about. Because this, I mean, seriously, like, we think revival when people just, it's, 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 those things are nice. But I'm telling you, the hard work of revival is just walking in relationship with Him, and that's what brings forth cultural change. That's what brings forth change in our families. Like, like we said, like. I say that, like some of us are like, you know, I really can't even experience revival. In a, I can't even think of that because my family life's a train wreck right now. Just keep walking with him and he's gonna take care of your family. Keep walking with him. That's all he wants. And I know I've talked a lot about this. I feel like I'm becoming a man with one message. <laughs> and, and that's just walking with the Lord, abiding with him but I cannot overstate the importance of it. I cannot overstate the importance of it. I can't overstate the importance of, last night we had a worship meeting in my house in, in the den room. You know, We just put on worship and just sang. Brett pulled out his guitar and we were just having a good time in the Lord's presence. I can't overstate the importance of you coming down here this morning with Michaela just putting your arms around her and praying with her like, That's what revival really looks like. And I'm not trying to highlight people. I'm just saying this is tangible things, what it is. Just learning to walk with the Lord. That's it. What about X, Y, and Z? X, Y, and Z will take care of itself. I promise you it will. If He's my chief obsession, everything else will take care of itself. I'm serious. Everything else will take care of itself. Well, I remember when I first got saved, my wife got saved first, and she wasn't every day. She wasn't like, you. Dirty sinner, like she wasn't like, like you you scoundrel. (laughs) She just worshipped the Lord, worshipped the Lord, and she'd worship him some more. Convicted me. Then there were other times in my life when I was walking closer, and you know, every time I tried to preach at her, she'd get really mad. And when I just begin to just worship the Lord, she draw closer, and vice versa. It's just about walking with the Lord. Then your life becomes an invitation for others to walk the same way, right? Amen. So we've got a lot of things on the horizon here. And I feel like the Lord just brought us to this place for this reason. We're about to expand. This will be where our children worship we're back to expand to a bigger space in the back. And we're not doing it because we think it's the right thing to do. We're doing it because we believe the Lord's leading us to, all right? Now, and I believe that as we do it, I believe the Lord, let's, and I, I don't like talking about this, I believe our church will end up growing. Let's just say that, okay, with more souls. But here's what's important. We cannot lose this right here. This right here is what matters more than anything else. Right. Like, There's not many things I'll die on. There's not many, <laughs> there's not many things worth fighting over. Okay, This is. Right. And so I believe the Lord wants us in front of our face because the only way we're going to be able to, I wouldn't even say handle, the only way we can hold on loosely to what he's doing is if we walk with him. Amen. So I just want to challenge you to walk with Him. And then I want to challenge you to walk with Him. When it's good, walk with Him. When it stinks, walk with Him. When it's meh, walk with Him. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to pray. I don't need any music, okay? I just want to pray. And I'm going to pray that the Lord really just smits this sin. Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.